This is Made in Montana News on the Treasure State Radio Network. I'm Jay Scott. A Helena judge has begun a hearing that will determine where a man convicted of killing a Broadwater County Sheriff's deputies will spend the rest of his life. Four months ago, Lloyd Barris was convicted of deliberate homicide by accountability in the 2017 shooting of Broadwater County Sheriff's Deputy Mason Moore. District Court Judge Kathy Seeley presided over the first day of a two-day hearing, taking testimony that will help her determine whether Barris is guilty but mentally ill. His attorneys argue that at the time of the crime, he suffered from a severe delusional disorder, meaning he didn't have the capacity to, quote, appreciate the criminality of the defendant's behavior or conform the defendant's behavior to the requirements of the law. In June of 2018, Barris was found mentally unfit to stand trial because he suffered from several disorders. However, the state was eventually allowed to forcibly medicate him to get him to a point where a trial could proceed. He was ruled fit for trial in September of 2020. The trial was moved to Butte when both sides agreed Barris likely could not receive a fair trial in Broadwater County. After a two-week trial, a jury found Barris guilty of deliberate homicide by accountability and two counts of attempted deliberate homicide by accountability. On the first day of the more recent hearing, defense attorney Greg Jackson called one witness, Dr. Virginia Hill, a recently retired forensic psychiatrist at the Montana State Hospital. Hill said Barris had a long history of extreme paranoia and anti-government beliefs. She said the attack on Moore apparently happened during an acute episode when Barris's mental illness was at its worst. Dr. Hill said, in her opinion, Barris is eligible to be found guilty but mentally ill and to be placed at the state hospital and continue treatment with antipsychotic drugs. She said his condition has improved significantly since he began receiving injections of those drugs in February of 2020, noting he had at times been disruptive and threatening within the hospital, but was no longer displaying those behaviors. Assistant Attorney General Dan Gazinski, a lead attorney for the prosecution, questioned whether Barris' inconsistent answers were signs of delusion or dishonest behavior. A final sentencing hearing will be held at a later date that has not yet been determined. Legislators have voted to postpone a vote on CI-121, a complex tax cap proposal. There's a related court battle playing out. Volunteers started collecting signatures earlier this month in hopes of placing the CI on the ballot in November. A court hearing is scheduled next week in that case that will determine whether the petition efforts have gone through the proper legal channels or whether the organizers will have to start all over. On Thursday, lawmakers from both parties on the Revenue Interim Committee were skeptical of the proposal. After testimony from Montana's local governments, public employees, and top business groups all voiced alarm at the proposal. They say it would likely amount to a massive tax shift, 
placing a larger burden on businesses and other non-residential property owners, depleting local governments of funds for public services, and miring the legislature in an unworkable revenue situation for years to come. A half dozen supporters of the initiative, including two of its organizers, told the committee it was a necessary measure to rein in tax obligations that have, quote, exploded for some longtime homeowners in the state. The proposed initiative seeks to change residential property taxes, capping the amount that assessments of residential property can grow over time. Starting in 2025, the assessment would reverse to the 2019 market value. The new cap on mills would set up some potential problems for taxing jurisdictions that overlap. Different taxing jurisdictions, such as the state, counties, cities, fire district, and water and sewer districts, levy different numbers of mills to build their budgets and pay for services. According to fiscal analysis of the initiative compiled by the Governor's Budget Office and the Department of Revenue, those overlapping jurisdictions create 1,404 different levy districts. Analysts with the Governor's Budget Office and the State Department of Revenue also estimated that the proposal would create a hole in the state budget of between 23 and $32 million. After the hearing on Thursday, lawmakers unanimously voted to send letters to other interim committees urging them to discuss the proposal's potential impacts on local government, education, and the state's economy. State lawmakers on Friday urged officials to take action and relieve the burden on remaining staff at the Montana State Hospital. Current and former employees have grown more disgruntled in recent months about a continuing staff exodus driven by what they call an unresponsive and inadequately trained administration. Several current employees testified before the committee on Friday, with some voicing their concerns about retaliation from the hospital administration for speaking out publicly. Larissa Holbrook, president of one of the unions at Warm Springs, an employee of the hospital since the year 2000, told legislators her membership is down from 320 four years ago to 150 now. An inspection of the facility in September uncovered four deficiencies, including a failure to maintain staffing levels. A number of employees testified remotely on Friday in defense of the hospital's administration, with a handful of statistics that show conflicts between patients and staff are down. Union Chief Holbrook countered that, of course, patient-on-staff assaults are down. There are fewer staff to assault. The Little Shell Tribal Health Clinic is slated to open in Great Falls on January 31st, roughly two years after the tribal nation achieved long-sought federal recognition. For the first time, Little Shell members will have guaranteed access to health services and see their culture reflected in the offerings. The Little Shell became the United States' 574th federally recognized indigenous tribe 
in December of 2019, roughly 150 years after Little Shell leaders began advocating for the tribe to be acknowledged as a sovereign nation. The recognition came just months before the COVID-19 pandemic took hold and disproportionately killed indigenous peoples. Of the 2,800 Montanans who had died by December 3rd of COVID-19, 12% were Native Americans. Indigenous people make up only 7% of the state's total population. The Little Shell headquarters are in Great Falls, though many members are scattered across Montana, Washington State, and beyond. The tribe is still trying to set up ride programs for its members who live in rural parts of Montana. Yellowstone National Park set a record for the number of visitors last year, despite fewer hotel rooms and campsites being available because of the coronavirus pandemic and construction projects. Just over 4.86 million visits were tallied in 2021. The prior record had been set in 2016. The rush of visitors from May through September last year strained employees and visitor services. The park was understaffed because of employee housing camps and difficulty recruiting workers. Last week, we reported to you about testimony in the Montana legislature over replacing coal power plants, particularly at Coal Strip, with nuclear power instead. It's also an issue in other states. A proposed law spearheaded by Colorado State Senator Bob Rankin and House Minority Leader Hugh McKeeran would require the state of Colorado to study whether small modular nuclear reactors could be used as a carbon-free energy source in Colorado. Such micro-nuclear technology uses compact nuclear reactors that are small enough to transport by truck, according to the Department of Energy. Micro-reactor designs that are under development in the U.S., quote, could be ready to roll out within the next decade. If you need to hear this report again, please check the podcast on our Treasure State Radio or KGRT-DB webpages. Made in Montana News is podcast worldwide with listeners in 46 U.S. states and Canadian provinces in 24 countries on six continents. Made in Montana News is heard on the Treasure State Radio Network, including KMEH 100.1 FM in Helena, Elkhorn Mountains Radio in Jefferson County, Homegrown Radio in Bozeman, King West Radio in Billings, and ResCast Radio on the Fort Peck Reservation. That's Made in Montana News. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Treasure State Radio Network.